0: Welcome to Dirt City Limits. I'm Sandra Speronis. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Mitchell Lawler, one of Edmonton's rising hip-hop artists. In 2013, he released two mixtapes, Rookie of the Year and New History. In 2014, Mitchell won Hot 107's Hot Factor contest with his song, Conehead. Last year, Lawler won a trip to attend a 10-week artist boot camp in Toronto, sponsored by Coalition Music. It's a record label and artist management company that works with the likes of Our Lady Peace, Simple Plan, and Finger Eleven. Thanks for coming in.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: You just released a new track, open and close with Conch, another local rapper. How did you guys come up with it?
1: Um, you know, Conch, uh, Conch was cooking a beat one day and uh, he grabbed the sample that we used for it and it just like paired really nicely with some drums. So it was like, ha ha, this is easy. Like open and closing a door. And then that's kind of where the hook came from. And then we just, you know, wrote our verses in a few. Well, he wrote his in like one sitting. I took mine home and wrote it in like two or three and hashed out. And then basically it was just like, I got one verse, you got one verse, real hip-hop, like classic kind of cypher, fun rap party stuff. And Did open con- and close, you know, it was pretty easy.
0: Right. Did you confer before you started writing your verses? Did you know what you guys um, wanted to say? Or? Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> had
1: some ideas. It was like a very like braggadocio, like boasting like, um, dope. But, um, it was just supposed to be fun, I think, and just how oh, we're the best rappers, I guess. <laughs> like that we know, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wouldn't want to say you're the worst rappers. Oh, no,
0: that's just a lie, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like uh, about working with Conch? Uh,
1: I think my favorite thing about working with Conch is that like we're we're really good friends outside of the music, um, and we just always got got along really well. You know, we find the same stuff funny, and like we're into a lot of similar music and. Even writing, it always it always came naturally. Performing, you know, we, you know, we were able to just communicate without saying anything on stage and stuff, and like, and that came naturally before we started like adding in like small gestures to kind of com- communicate something we can't really say because we're performing. But uh, yeah, I think uh, just getting along really well, and then having similar music tastes, and just like having fun working together. And then both being like very similar in age, you know, he went to Ainley. He was a year younger than me. I went to Shep. So we had like even like a lot of mutual friends. We both like to go party. You know, it was a lot of similar interests, and it just worked. It just it just naturally happened. So
0: nice. Yeah. How did you guys hook up?
1: Um, he post like he posted this super old beat on this other rapper's page in Edmonton, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool because it had some cool sounds in it. We we go back and listen to it, and laugh at it now. But uh, I messaged him because of it. I was like, oh, you make beats. That's very cool. Because at that time, I had just like, I'd only worked on mixtapes where I stole like famous right. rappers beats. So I was like, I need my own beats. And this was like an opportunity for that. And then, uh, yeah, we talked, you know, through Facebook mostly. Just like, just chat and get to know each other. Had a few video chats, showing each other each other's raps and whatnot. And uh, it kind of just went from there. And I was like, man, like, let's work. Let's make an EP. Let's let's get this done. And we're still working on e- on that EP now. But you know that's that's more of a side project compared to our solo stuff but we're very uh like we're on the same team you know what i mean like even with his solo stuff like right. i'm helping him with that like i'm passing all my business knowledge along to him he's always sending me new songs to listen to like cuz i mean i i'm just about to get into pr- production like i'm like scratch the surface like i mean i've played like trumpet like that's what i've done (laughs) so like you know i'm not crazy into it but he's that's
0: why you have so many horns on your tracks yeah
1: no oh i love i love brass and that that song was perfect it had it in the sample but yeah man uh we we just play really well off each other and we just trade information and like what we're very yin yang like he's a lot more calm and chill and i'm more like in your face kind of excited over stuff so it just it kind of balanced out nicely you know
0: yeah what do you like about his beats they're just dope man they just
1: sound like they don't he doesn't he doesn't try to emulate anyone's style he he's always very innovative with his stuff and I think uh that even shows to the open and close I mean I I was sending the song off to get some support quotes press quotes a few people who uh who are industry professionals but not necessarily in hip-hop were like do you have any other songs to uh send to me that are in this realm and I was like not really so that was a good thing because I was like this beat like this song sounds different than at least a lot of stuff I've heard. I think I had troubles finding stuff that was similar to it, which in, I mean, if you listen to radio, I can find you like a few more songs that sound like the one we just heard and then that one and that Yeah. One. So yeah, I would say hi- him being very innovative has has inspired me to also be very innovative and just like push the creative envelope. And again, just to really create, like I think he's a very creator's creator. Like he's, a, he's an artist artist, you know, like he like that's his first nature. So having that makes me make sure i don't lose myself in reading books about like grants <laughs> so <laughs> it's again it's a very good yin-yang going on right there, so
0: yeah. open and closes your first track in a year and a half yeah um, yeah what have is. you been up to
1: um
0: not just growing your hair which is <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs>
1: uh growing my hair um mostly no um i was just kind of i was just frustrated where where i was creatively it wasn't uh I wasn't happy with the content I'd put out because, you know, it, it was basically the, the first two mixtapes I have out right now, uh, New History and Rookie of the Year, they they were written when I was like 17, 18, when I had just started rapping. Like, those were like the first times I rapped ever. And then I eventually wrote songs, and I was just like, yeah, these are good, recorded them. Well, the first one at my friend's house, the other one at resonate, and I was just here they are and then i after like you know studying the culture become more and more immersed in art you know obviously my my level of understanding for what's dope and like what technically is dope and what isn't you know grew and i was like okay i'm way better than i am now or wait wait well i'm way better now than i i was then and uh i just wanted to make sure i could put something together that was not only going to top that of course but be successful as its own entity. So basically, I kind of just wanted this like hibernation mode where I was writing a lot, learning stuff. Yeah. So that when I do reemerge, it's like I'm pulling the bazookas out from under my bed, like it's going down. Like it, everything is going to be calculated. I mean, we're going to have like all the press releases for everything, you know, the videos done like well, but like not just videos for the sake of, like, me and the homies walking around, which I did those videos, <laughs> and I was just like, this isn't pushing any, like, no. You have to start somewhere, though. Yeah, of course, and th- I mean, they it had a lot of views on YouTube. Well, they have a lot of views on YouTube, um, so I don't regret it. Again, yeah. it was another learning experience, but basically, I've just been hibernating and getting all my ducks in a row, like, learning the business, making these plans, like, these giant grand scheme plans for, like, two-year timelines, but, like, planning all of that in advance with, like, grants and, like, how much money we're gonna need to make merchandise and film these videos and like, and then we have to storyboard all the videos way in advance and like everything. So basically, I was kinda just, I don't wanna say biding my time, but taking my time on my art, I guess.
0: Last year, you were part of an artist entrepreneur program through Canada's Music Incubator in Toronto or was it Coalition Music, one Uh, of the
1: two? Well, Coalition Music owns, like they founded Canada's Music Incubator Right. So I mean, there was members of Coalition Music here on behalf of Canada's Music Incubator. So the boot camp was was here in Edmonton okay. for two days, right? And then from there, I got selected to go to the full Canada's Music Incubator Artist Entrepreneur Program in Toronto for and ten that, weeks, right? Yeah, so that's that was where I did most of the learning there.
0: And what did you learn?
1: <sighs> what didn't I learn? Um, man, we talked about everything. Like we went, we even started talking about like insurance and then we talked about like emotional intelligence like being like being able to read and control your emotions in situations and not like react based on your emotions and rather just like in a sensible way in a professional way Uh, yeah so we talked about insurance Uh, we talked about like grant writing was another one, Uh, budgeting, um, PROs so stuff like SOCAN you know like those MROC like how to correct your or collect your your royalties and like make sure all your stuff is straight on the business side you know we talked about publishing Uh, we had agents come in like how to build your team manager agent publicist you know we had tons of special guests come into which was amazing and they're all like these top dogs out in toronto so like the best of the best in in canada and they were just passing on knowledge and like answering all our questions like we had yeah publicists promoters like bookers it was booking agents rather than bookers right but uh yeah and then we also had like some artists like uh development weeks basically so we had like stage coaches um, we had singing coaches uh, you know we learned about stage psychology Um, another thing we we had a session on was uh, performing in the booth and making sure you can deliver exact that exact same performance every time right and we like talked about techniques on how to do that like that's what I mentioned earlier it was just like I feel like I've come a lot a long way with my vocal delivery and uh, you know I'd like to credit it I can credit a lot of it to that just like breaking it down to a science and just being able to learn these skills so that I can articulate my art on a professional level, but like like a cutting edge, like top-notch level. So, I mean, that that was kind of like a bunch of the stuff we learned. Um, Sounds
0: like a program that every musician should take.
1: Anyone who asked me about it, like you should try to get into it because it is the best thing that ever happened to me, hands down, I recommend it. all friends and families who wanna <laughs> take their music career to the next level, it was the best thing ever, for sure. So so. <laughs> it
0: definitely helped your career.
1: Oh, it it like, man, I like transformed when I was down there. I feel like I leveled up like almost every day. It felt like I was having epiphanies and stuff. It was crazy. It was, yeah, no, I'll definitely remember that period of my life forever. Um, it allowed me to, you know, get some time to myself because I wasn't living at home. Like I didn't have an Xbox and like all my, fr- <laughs> all my friends here didn't have a car or anything, so. I had a lot of time to think and and do some mind maps and lay out lay out a lot of my ideas and just get 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 a get a feel for the industry and just be inspired by Toronto. it's very uh, it's very urban down there. It's very bustling compared to Edmonton. I've never been to Toronto. I' haven't really traveled at all, actually, but Toronto was just it was an aspiring time for me. Yeah, Toronto, the city itself was enough for me to want to go back so right. yeah,
0: has it cool. changed um, your approach to music? do you think or the music that you want to make
1: yeah I mean like with some of the techniques I learned for sure Um, but I I mean I still think I I approach it with like the same the same heart and like the same trying to make something different like I I think I think I had that innovative edge in my mind before I went there I think they just kind of Uh, honed my skills to make that more of a dream come true you know now when I'm writing a song this this is like a few creative things now when I'm writing a song if I think it's really good like sometimes I'll be thinking of like a video at the same idea like at the same time like oh like the storyboard will go perfectly and then I might be starting a storyboard for a music video before I'm done the song but then it helps me shape the rest of the song or like I'm thinking of some choreography on stage that I could deliver not like I'm not like necessarily dancing but just like just movement in general, yeah. and just like power, like you know, jump kicks. That's like my signature, like that, that that kind of stuff. Right. So, I mean, that that definitely I feel elevated. You know, my singing got a lot better, and I would say overall I got a lot more musical because like the whole program was like uh, I think there was fifteen or there were seventeen of us or so, for the most. Yeah, and like there w- there was like four hip hop artists, so I was just I was, you know, listening to tons of other genres all right. the time. And actually, there was some other Edmonton artists I know. there. Yeah. Rend was yeah, there. Well, Karen. Carolyn from Rend. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, we had Melody Lovejoy out nice. there. And then uh, Cammie Van Hulse. And we were all just chilling. Yeah, she's from Van Hulse. Cammie, yeah. she's cool. Um, but yeah, like there was like metal, country, rock, pop, like <laughs> acoustic, like world music. There was everything. Nice. It was crazy. So yeah. I think that definitely, just being around artists who take it so seriously and so passionately, definitely, like just being in their proximity constantly, like you, there was just like, a bit of a competitive thing, I think. I feel like I got in my head a lot in the sense where I was able to, like I said, think. So I was I was definitely in a competition with myself a lot when right. I was just trying to push 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 my limits. Like I grew up playing a lot of sports and I learned like you know playing sports you got to go as hard as you can you got to do all these these reps and there's a lot of that that transfers. But then there's also like okay when you're actually performing your art you don't necessarily have to like be like blowing a gasket you know you don't have to be working so hard and that's something I really learned when I'm out there like I, I got a lot more control like I said I, I honed a lot of my skills out there so. Yeah, I, I would recommend it yeah. go out there. But uh, yeah, overall as my approach. I would say it's very similar, but just better. Gotcha. Even in the business side though, it transformed like, I, I feel like I, I independently i had done a lot of research myself and like it was just lots of blog articles and like stuff like that. And you know, obviously reading frequently asked questions on stuff like factor.ca is helpful. But you know, when you have someone teach you they're like, this is how you write a grant. It changes because they're the VP. Of, they used to be the VP of Sony Music. You're like, oh, he's got a yeah. point, you know. So when you when you learn from these people who who manage Simple Plan and stuff, you're like, you're probably right about what you're saying, you know. We all another thing we learned about was negotiating. That was cool. I like that. But uh, sorry, I just came into my head when I mentioned Simple <laughs> Plan. But uh, yeah, no business side. It uh, I feel like, like I said, I was having epiphanies all the time. I, I was breaking through substantially in a lot of different areas that I. It, like can only scratch the surface in and i feel like that's going to be just like one of my my key success is just knowledge in this case so yeah. it's yeah it transformed my business approach for sure
0: okay speaking of knowledge how did you, how when did you know you wanted to be a hip-hop artist um hmm. how did you go from sports to hip-hop
1: um in grade 10 grade 10 was the last year i played lacrosse and hockey and those were kind of my season sports like in Kay. the winter i played hockey and then the summer, spring, I played, you know, all across, but those were my last seasons. And then in grade 11, I suddenly had a lot more time on my hands. Um, I played a lot of video games, mind you, but I had a lot more time and I started to, to get a lot more into art cause I'd always wanted to get into art, but I didn't like, none of my friends were crazy into it cause they're all like athletes. So yeah. they didn't particularly appreciate it as much as say an artist or a musician. Um, and then, you know, I just started listening to artists that I really enjoyed. You know, Eminem definitely being the obvious go to is, you know, he was just one of the most mainstream big rappers that, like, on a track was technically just so impressive. Like, Mm -hmm. you'd have to rewind his songs all the time to just get what he said. And it was just, like, mind boggling. And then going on to hearing guys like Chathis Gambino and, like, Mac Miller, who were doing something that I was like, okay, like, I'm down with this. This is, like, new stuff that's coming out now that I particularly like. And I I just like the way they were able to express themselves vocally. Like, just using their words only i mean obviously they had the beats and whatnot and they some they made some of them themselves but just being able to express yourself using your words was so awesome because i felt like sometimes i get frustrated or i was misunderstood like that sounds so like cliche but just being able to like think about what i want to say and then put it on a piece of art and then put it out for people to hear it was like it was like a revelation so i think um I think kind of grade 12 halfway through grade 12 when i was i think the first time i wrote a song where i was like okay this is starting to like become music like i'm starting to be like i've noticed a lot of improvement in myself so i'd say halfway through grade 12 i was like hell yeah i want to be a rapper and then from there i just started studying the culture and like you know going to hip-hop shows hip-hop events like whether like more bigger than rap though like dancing and like graffiti and stuff like right. that graffiti always fascinated me actually and hip-hop dancing too like it was really weird like when I go look back at my childhood and just growing up I see all these like flecks of memories I had where I got really interested in art but then didn't pursue it because I was mm-hmm. too busy with sports The sports yeah so <laughs> I don't know I feel like it was like a long time coming like my dad was a DJ and stuff too so oh, it was cool. like yeah so it just uh Finally happened, I yeah. guess. Yeah.
0: So, what was your first uh, rapture like, as a performer?
1: I will tell you. Um, so, you, you want to go back there? I don't know. No, if no, it no. Was, uh, it's dramatic uh, or not? No, it was, it was all good. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, it was just after I turned eighteen, so it was the fall of 2012, and that summer I had snapped my leg in half playing rugby, unfortunately, which sucked. So I had a cast on most of the time but I got a lot of time to myself that summer to do nothing but write lyrics, which worked out. And anyways, eventually I booked this show with a promoter. It was at this club that got closed down like months after this show because of a shooting. So uh, I think it was called the Boneyard. Okay. Yeah, I was on like Southside somewhere. <laughs> anyways, yeah. so I got a gig there. It was just like a bar. It wasn't even like a venue, like to be like, it was not a venue um and i had a show there and it was like two days after i got my cast off my leg so i was like hobbling i didn't like i couldn't like there was like i had muscle atrophy so like my left leg was just like not really functioning so i was like you know kind of like limping around i'd like convinced the uh promoter to give me a third song because i was like man i'm not gonna invite all these people out to only perform two songs so i convinced them let me do three yeah i had three recorded at the time i had three performance versions i had three performance masters and it was basically just like In front of like my mom and like my auntie and then like a handful of friends at this random club and I just rapped and that was it and it was like there's no stage I was just like on the dance floor and I rapped and then after went to F and got incoherently intoxicated (laughs) (laughs) and it was like hard to walk already and you can imagine that night was an adventure Man, yeah, my my boy Aaron, shout out to him. He came up from Camor that uh oh. that show to watch it. Yeah, no, that guy's tight. And also carried my drunk ass around. That was sick. But uh, yeah, no, that, <laughs> that was a fun <laughs> night. That was my first show. If that you have to
0: rate yourself that night, what would you um, give? You?
1: Like performance, yeah. Wise, I didn't miss a word. Nice. I remember that distinctively because I was very worried I was gonna forget my lyrics and like I just obviously had never performed before and like I'd only really performed my. L- lyrics in front of like a handful of people who are like my close friends so i was comfortable but uh no i was mostly just worried about forgetting my lyrics and i didn't i you know i had some swag on stage like some good attitude well on the dance floor floor <laughs> um <laughs> no but I, had, I i mean i don't know like out of 10 like okay if i if i uh if i saw myself there out of 10 maybe like like keeping the songs in mind. I would say, I don't know, like a six or seven. Like I wouldn't be like, Okay, that guy's I wouldn't be like that guy's terrible, but I wouldn't like be like, What's that guy's name? Like Right. But I wouldn't hate on them either.
0: So That's a good start. Yeah, six
1: or seven. Yeah. And then I think after that, I know I've, I've always felt like I've always enjoyed intention attention, I guess. I don't know, like just honestly I always have. Um like I like, you know, like like acting and like doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And like being I don't know, I'm very talkative, like talking to people. Um after that it just got into like opening opening for like major artists that yeah. came. So But how was, did
0: you go about making that leap?
1: Um I had made uh some connections with some promoters in uh Edmonton. Um and one, my homie Dima, who owns Pearl Entertainment, was booking his first hip hop booking, right. which was this artist named Kyle, who I actually knew from Arizona, which was like he was kind of popping on YouTube, like hundred thousand views here, two hundred thousand views here. But I was just like a rap nerd so i knew this guy and he's like yo i'm booking him do you want to open i'm like done deal you know tickets for 15 dollars. get a five dollar i don't even think i got it no i didn't even get a ticket commission then <laughs> i just whatever <laughs> i was just like i just want to be on a stage and it was at union hall and i was like K, hey, that's a way bigger that's a thousand person venue it's gonna be sick and then uh him and i basically did like every hip-hop show he booked because then he was managing at union and also helping with booking events so like I opened for like Talib Kweli that summer. Right. Um, you know, and then I started meeting other promoters via mm-hmm. Dima and then who I build relationships with. And then it kind of just went from there. Cause as I started playing shows, I started getting more fans and my, I was growing online and, and yeah. it kind of just went where I was like, a go to guy for these, these promoters, to book. Cause I was able to deliver an energizing set, which which mind you got m- much better as I went along. Like I learned, we blew, we blew one show actually that sucked. I remember that so distinctively. How'd you blow it? I just like messed up the lyrics and then like got out of time with the beat and then like kind of stopped rapping for a second. Like, (laughs) yeah, it was bad. We picked it up, but uh, we just like totally like they weren't feeling us after. And it was like our biggest like it was like 700 people. Like, was we opening for Action Bronson actually? Who was one of our favorite artists too? Well, an artist that we were really digging at the time. Right. And it was just like it was a good wake-up call but then after that then I started we started you know okay like let's not just go get drunk and go out there like let's like <laughs> let's talk about this you know right. like let's practice let's rehearse yeah. and, and then since then it's just got more and more uh, professional and like more and more approached. now now I'm like now I feel like I'm to the point where I can go to a show and like be critical of an artist on stage and be like okay I can you know if you want to hear my opinions I can give you some advice and I can also talk about the things you did well and when, when right. not. And I'm not saying I'm I'm by any means like a, a savant or anything, but uh, I've definitely noticed my improvement, which is nice. Right. But uh,
0: How do you think you've grown as a lyricist? Like how have your rhymes changed um, over the years?
1: Well, like I said, they were a lot more goofy before. They are yeah. a lot more playful, like most, a lot of the raps that if you listen to me, right. If you go look at my name, You'll find all the stuff I wrote th- when I was first starting rap. So it's, it's pretty juvenile. It's pretty playful. Not that I've necessarily lost my playful juvenileness, because I haven't. But uh, I would say my rhymes are a lot more sharp. They're a lot um, even like concepts. If I were to go back and pull from old lyrics and reinvent those concepts, my lines would be better. Right. I've I've gotten a lot better at just like knowing how to word things in hip hop. How to have be- my rhyme schemes have been transformed like as far as constantly rhyming or just having cool sounds, the flows and the stuff, that's that's dope too. I've also emphasized a lot more on delivery mm-hmm. than I used to. Before, I used to just more so care about the lyrics than it wasn't a spoken word, it was music. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I had to uh, kind of balance that out. So I'd say, yeah, delivery, I've definitely just flow. And then I just become just wittier. I've always thought of myself as witty. That's why I got into yeah. hip hop, actually, and specifically rap but uh yeah just like the overall just being able to like deliver a punchline or set myself up for a punchline, and then just like have these suspenseful you know like build like having crescendos and like building stuff up or and then just letting it breathe for a bit and then coming back in and just even my overall rhythm has right. gotten better you know I've, i'm gonna start getting i might start taking some drum lessons actually just to help me with producing but also just oh, for like nice. rhythms with rapping and Absolutely, stuff like that yeah. so
0: do you need a beat to write or can you write at any hour or
1: um, I prefer well it depends Yeah. If, if we're like okay like let's make a song I have a song in mind I'm like okay well let's like let's try and lay down some like if we have a beat then I would prefer to write to it yeah. but if we don't then I can like have a tempo in mind and I can try and write to that. But then sometimes I I might write something that wouldn't fit on the tempo that we intend. So I prefer to write to a beat. And that's another reason why I want to get into drums is so I can kind of write without a beat a lot better. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of times I'll just be walking down the street or wherever I am thinking of rhymes. And I'll put it, the concepts and like the rhyme words into like a little document or something. Right. And then I can revisit it later. And then I'm like, okay, I see what I was trying to talk about there. And then Thank I can God just throw it to beat. Yeah. No, it's... <laughs> I yeah I used to write my lyrics on paper and I stopped doing that because it's way easier to backspace than scratch something out. It doesn't it doesn't feel as authentic, but I get way more done, which is just the reality. (laughs) So yeah.
0: What's it like being a rapper in Edmonton?
1: Funny, Um, in many ways. I remember when I uh, met my girlfriend's parents, I was like, I'm a rapper. That's a weird conversation to have. it's like really you're- a, you're a rapper you you're dating my daughter and you're a rapper, and you're like yeah <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah, i am a i'm an m c okay uh no it, it's it's obscure man, like there's i mean, I would say the hip hop scene has grown even like a lot since I've been in it, which is like only three four years, like even observing it, i guess well i would say four years It'd be say four years yeah, um And it's weird, like, some people, like, they don't take you seriously. Now I would say that's transformed for me because now I've just done some things like had, had levels of success and certain accolades where I'm like, okay, like I, I literally am a musician who is a rapper. Like yeah. you can't take that away from me. But I think at first, like, you know, especially just starting in high school, like I call lot of flack for it. I also wasn't very good. So like, you know how high school kids are. They just wanted to poke needle. Right. So like that, that was frustrating at first. Like I didn't get a lot of love there. I had only a few friends, even like, you know, some of my friends kind of like joked about it and I was like, mm, I don't like you, but uh, <laughs> um, it, it's weird. Like, there's always this conversation like when you say when I say I'm a rapper someone like or I'm like oh I have a show this weekend they're like oh like what kind of music and you say hip-hop they're like oh you're a DJ and it's like no I'm a rapper (laughs) oh man I I can't come to your DJ gig this weekend no I'm a rapper I promise come to my show I'm a rapper (laughs) but uh so I'd say it's Within the the this, this scape of this like the soundscape of Edmonton, I'd say there's a lot more folk artists, a lot more singer-songwriters here. Absolutely, yeah. Like, which is awesome, and they're very good, mind you. They are very part- like very, very good. Um, I would say it, it's you kind of stick out in the sense where you don't really fit into anything, which is okay with me. Um, I, I'm not too worried about fitting in. Rather, I'd actually rather stick out. But um, the hip hop scene, like I said, has grown a lot, but it, it just seems like. So far behind the other the other music scenes that it's really frustrating and you know one one way I try and kind of add to the scene where is if someone is going to be you know Kind and nice and like some of their song be like hey man Will you please listen to this instead of just sending me like a link and just expect me to listen But if people approach that like I try and pass on as much knowledge as I can right if anyone asks me for advice I tell them who to talk to how to how to kind of word that first message that first pitch Just because I didn't really have anyone do that for me which was really frustrating but again I mean, I learned I learned it very thoroughly and I can explain it to other people now <laughs> but I mean that's the way I try and better the scene obviously going to shows and stuff like that um guys like DJ Creation really put on for the scene here you know they have every Thursday Cypher Wild um Churchill Square when it's nice right, out right that that's really cool I gotta give props for that I mean he's doing tons of other events all all the time that guy that guy's that guy's community <laughs> at his finest but uh it, it's, I mean, to answer your question, I mean, that's kind of a long tangent, but it's like certainly that. not like being a rapper in many other cities, like maybe like Calgary or something, but like even Vancouver or Toronto, like that's where you want to be a rapper. But, uh, you know, I think if you can do well in Edmonton, then that probably says you can do well other places just because it's not like I'm playing to Edmonton gimmicks, like, oh, fuck yeah, but I would for a ripper. Like, you know, I'm not playing like yeah. that. I'm like making actual music. Like I'm not just playing Edmonton stereotypes. Um it's kind of like if I can like conquer here I don't want to say we're conquered but like get really big here and actually have like a fan base where I'm drawing tons of people to shows and stuff then it's exciting to see how that's going to translate across Canada and hopefully into like the states and, and Europe and whatnot. right so it's it's challenging um if you are lighthearted don't try okay. <laughs> like you will be upset it's not it's not overly welcoming I guess that was and a long answer but no no
0: <laughs> what's it like being a white rapper in Edmonton
1: yeah. Um, again, I think there's there's lots of like oh you're a white rapper joke kind of things that was more yeah. uh, well, more so a few years. You know, I also made a point like I mean when I first started rap rapping I'd have like a bar about how I'm white and like what up son like I'm out here you know the white rapper you didn't think who was gonna be good actually is or whatever. But then so like you know obviously even like my white friends would joke about that. Um, I think now it's pretty. It's just like I'm a rapper And like again I've had these, these accolades Where you can't deny me At this point Well you could try But I would just be like Whatever dude <laughs> I would probably be like Whatever dude before But you have less of a point now <laughs> um, And then I think There's also like The people who feel like It's culture Like appropriation Because you know Hip hop is is black music It came right. from New York And stuff like that But I don't, I haven't found That's been much of an issue for me Because I don't feel like I'm Taking black stylings necessarily of hip-hop and trying to make it of my own obviously like hip-hop is a black genre initially um and i'm borrowing from it but i'm also you know adding my own twist and trying to make something that's unique to me and like that's what i think hip-hop is is really representing you and your your close team and your your values and whatnot but uh other than that i mean it hasn't i just i just think of myself a musician like i try not to like be like oh you're a white rapper like or you're a white jazz musician. Like, I don't, I don't care. Do you know what I mean? I think if you make good music, regardless of your race or ethnicity or religion or whatever, class even, if it's dope, it's dope. That's how I look at things. Well, yeah, 100%. That's how I look at things for sure. So I think a lot more people are coming around. I also try and surround myself with people who I don't think are dumbasses, I guess. <laughs> so who, who are gonna, you know, have intelligent opinions and be able to articulate themselves. So I think my audience is definitely people like that because it's my friends who are gonna pass it on to their friends who ideally wouldn't be like that either. So yeah, I mean, I think it it was a little interesting at first but I think it's being more and more like common for white rappers, which, and again, where the whole culture appropriation thing comes in because a lot of people who are trying to just be like this white rapper like kid think they're like so sick but they're not actually like good at what they're doing. So then it's like, okay, well you're just like disrespecting the culture that was not initially yours to even like talk about or try and make your own, so. it's kind of a touchy subject I would say oh I know and I know
0: (laughs) Macklemore he's making waves with his latest single white privilege too and uh, like one of his raps is we take all we want from black culture but we will we show up for black lives
1: right and
0: how do you feel about what he says
1: I think I think that's the truth man I think like I'll be like honest like well, okay, so where where his statement I think is based off of is like how there's a lot of like police brutality and like injustices going on, particularly to black people, especially in the United States where Macklemore is from. Yeah. It's like there's there's a whole black lives movement that started after like some police brutality ended up like killing black people for like no reason. Exactly. Like it was I mean, it was just absolutely terrible. Um, so this black lives movement started from that to, you know, raise awareness like what the hell is going on, like we need to do something. And then basically he marched in this Black Lives Matter parade and then a bunch of, then he caught a bunch of flack for it. Like people were like, Man, first of all, you know, are you trying to make hip hop music but it's not even your music to begin with and this isn't even your fight to begin with? I think that's the immature response. Um
0: It's everyone's uh, fight.
1: Yeah, and I think it's yeah, though he even brings it right up in in the first his first verse, how it's like, We are not we and I think it's like you have to have those those conversations with people like even the one we were having earlier is just uh you know you, you have to have these difficult conversations that you said are like touchy with with people and be able to articulate ideas and just like identify these issues and then from there you need to take steps which is what he talks about in that line is like okay like are you gonna show up like are you actually gonna lobby for this outside of your social media posts and like that's what he's saying which is to me pretty powerful because like I've only recently started educating myself maybe in the last like year and a half to two years where I've been starting to become more socially conscious, particularly lately, just because of some friends I've been surrounding myself with. Um, Like I personally even feel though I'm a hip hop artist. It is a touch subject. Like I don't think I could make a song called Black Lives Matter. Like people would be like, who the hell are you? You know? Um, So it's like, how, how am I gonna stand up for my black friends who, you know, who I have a privilege over, even though like, I shouldn't like realistically that shouldn't be a thing, but it's like this whole construct was a whole other conversation. But uh, like, how am I actually myself going to take that step to, to help them out other than liking something on Facebook, which is the big conversation. And even then, like, I don't really know how to answer that. I'm like, I don't know what I can do besides like sharing my opinion of music. So I think I really need, (laughs) this is just me like kind of reflect thinking out loud. Now I just need to go back and think how I can, help this this age-old fight to to make it fair man because I'm all about equality like I, I I don't get racism that doesn't it doesn't click with me I don't personally understand it I I that think it's make taught make and I was not taught that luckily yeah. so uh we just basically have to unteach these ugly teachings and get these ideas across that everyone is equal stop being such a dick if we start teaching kids that now or convincing parents you know to be less of dicks it's gonna Eventually change, you know. It's gonna take years and years. Like this isn't just like a snap thing, of the finger. No. no, like this is like I'm sure when before I die, or when when I die, like assuming I live a long life, like I'm sure there'll still be like traces of it and stuff. I think you know, transformed by then, even like coming from the '50s. But there's still lots of like subliminal stuff that exists in laws and like even like with police brutality, like and like doing all this stuff. But the police were able to like contain him without shooting him. So it's like, why did you shoot this unarmed black guy who is like cooperating? And that's just where there's a lot of yeah. shrugs and people talk about it, but then I always got to figure out, you know, how to change it. So I think but where I'm going to kind of do it is just like to have these conversations with my friends, you know, like it's tough, man. It's no. <laughs> like, I think, I think I definitely, I mean, I've talked about it with like some of my artist friends too. I think definitely down the road, even with my friend, I was talking about it, my friend, my friend Tino yesterday, I was chatting with him about it, but just like, I want to get one of the reasons, you know, I pursued music to begin with was obviously because of fame and money like who doesn't want that you know I like attention I want to be a star and but now there's also like the stuff in the back of my mind where I feel like I have a social responsibility Mm -hmm. to just address these things and like make a song like White Privilege 2 not necessarily White Privilege 3 (laughs) or anything but like a, a track you know to identify whatever social justice issue I feel is mine to speak about per se where I feel like I would be the most, one of the more educated people on it. But I think, you know, Macklemore back, bring back to White Privilege too. I think he had some, uh, you know, when he won that Grammy over Kendrick and people were like, white people are the worst, which in a situation like that was like a white privilege thing. Cause Mm -hmm. I mean, I I, I will say, I love the heist, like that, the album that won Macklemore, I love it. Very good. But like Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City was a more hip hop album, was a better hip hop album. Maybe Macklemore would have won the pop hip-hop right. album of the year, which I would sure no one would argue with, but there's not that category. So then th- that's where it's like these these big awarding bodies are mostly white. Pick people who look like them. And then, then he did that whole marching. So I think he, he had some background to talk on that, and that's the one thing he got a lot of backlash for is, mm-hmm. who are you to talk about this? And I think he had a lot of... He, oh, man, he has some really good lines in there, but talking about, like, if I'm aware of my privilege, like if I'm aware of it like how am I not doing anything to like change it you know right. like then I'm just you know I'm just accepting it or I'm not standing up for black people who invented this culture that I'm basically a part of now and that's just like a gimmick that I'm, then I am just a culture appropriating douchebag you know Yeah. so yeah basically don't be racist be nice share good ideas <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah no, I definitely want to use my, my platform as a musician to, to spread positive ideas like that. And like kind of leave, leave something for after I'm gone is like something timeless. It's like, wow, like that song, like White Privilege too, like I'm sure that's always gonna be talked about for a very long time right. anyways. Um, it, would be, it would be nice to leave something culturally influential that is positive for the world and that expresses my ideas in an artistic way. <laughs> yeah, that was convoluted, but yeah.
0: No, sounds good. Um, okay, speaking of, of positive things, what are your plans for this year?
1: Uh, well, this year for me personally is, is kind of like the gear up year. So like this is where I'm doing tons and tons of writing. I need to artistically flourish this year. I need to write a lot of verses, even if I don't use them. I just need to be writing, writing. I need to be making beats. I need to be, you know, singing. Doing singing lessons, trying to sing on tracks, like yeah. recording myself, doing demos, drumming. retaking demos, drumming. Yeah, I really would uh would love to do that. Maybe get a, a little crappy kid on Kijiji or something, but my mom would probably be opposed to that. But we'll see. Um, but overall, this year is definitely the main focus is to creatively expand, to get these projects done, to have you know get my solo EP together. You know, have some some mixtapes done, or probably a mixtape done. Right. Um because you know sometimes you have you know, especially in hip-hop where you use a sampled song you can't put that on your EP because that's not yours so you just want to give that away as a promo yeah. like I'm not disrespecting no one with that well it's not my intention anyways um, so that that's the main focus writing and just getting better as an artist honing those skills and then at the same time getting all the business in order for when we release it you know we're looking at 2017 to start like I said pulling the bazookas out like actually dropping these videos dropping these these songs going on tour so right now it's just like you know I I just again even writing this this grant that I just wrote like I learned a lot of things because I had all these mind maps all these really good ideas like even ideas like like when I showed them to music professionals they are like okay that's that's smart like that is clever right good, good for you yeah but now I need to put that into a like an actual action, action plan like this is what we have to do by this date or we're not doing this kind of thing. So now it's like budgeting everything. Okay, where am I going to get all the money to make this music video that I want to win a Juno or, 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 much, or <laughs> a much music yeah. award, whatever it might be. So now it's like we're looking at budgeting and then like getting all these grants ahead of time. Like, all right, how many, you know, what the singles are going to be, what are the videos going to be? We need to storyboard that now. Um, is there a grant coming up for it? Come we write? Do you think we'll get it? Like... What if we don't? What if we do? You know, those kind of conversations are happening right. a lot this year. Well, we're writing, so
0: so twenty seventeen sounds like that's that will be your big year.
1: My fireworks, yeah. That's yeah. that's that's when I feel like Mitchell Lawler as an artist will officially have launched. Like, I think everything. I say it in one of the songs, everything before now was practice. And I feel like that's how it was. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm finally going to go make that AAA team now. Like that, that's what I feel like before. Like now I'm just kind of like at the ODR outdoor rink, just kind of chilling, but well, no, 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 that's a bad analogy, but <laughs> I just feel like I'm finally going to go, you know, put myself out there, you know, tour Canada, get at these awarding bodies, try and get some nominations, you know, yeah. uh, l- you know, and then I'll have more profiles so I can start, you know, looking at stuff in the States, even with just coverage and blogs in Europe as well. Um, so it's just building myself to this artist that I know I can be, but it's like a finite amount of time. So it's, you know, it's, it's crunch time like right now, like yesterday I submitted that grant that I'd spent like a week on. Well, yeah, I guess it's over the period of a week, like pretty, and that was like the easy grant. That's like the easiest entry <laughs> level grant. And then, you know, I also put in a, a festival submission, and then now I'm here today, and then now I'm gonna go home and do this thing where I fill in like the definition of my lyrics, just to have an extra promo piece, and then I'm gonna do some writing, and my whole day's planned out. Like I, I think it's just you know becoming more responsible, like actually acting like an adult now. It's really gonna change things for me. So yeah, this year is preparing the fireworks, and then 2017 hopefully will be the bow, 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 you know. Awesome. <laughs>
0: yeah good luck and thanks for joining me hey thanks for having me mitchell lawler is a local hip-hop artist